are listening to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode number nine. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, Supermoms. It's great to be here. I finished a webinar called How to Stop Yelling at Your Kids, and it was so great. You know that feeling when you're like really proud of how things turn out? I love that feeling. And I just feel like it was one of my better webinars. So if you didn't get a chance to watch, you can go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash stop yelling with a hyphen in between and sign up so you can see a replay of it. I recorded it so you can catch a glimpse, and I thought it was really good. And today on the episode, we are going to be answering a question from April. She says, My son is 16 and unmotivated, in all caps. He gets by at school, but that is it. He doesn't play sports or have a job or even his driver's license. I've given this kid every opportunity, and I'm resentful that he doesn't appreciate it. I'm sick of nagging and trying to motivate him because clearly it's not working. I'm worried he's going to be one of those failure-to-launch kids who's 30 years old and just lays on the couch playing video games and smoking pot. This is unacceptable to me. How can I prevent a failure-to-launch? Well, thank you for the question, April. So my parent educator answer is first I want to kind of define failure to launch because of course that came from a movie, this term. But now it's kind of used to describe a delay into adult independence and responsibility. So mom has a strong idea in her head of where a 16-year-old should be. In mom's mind, this means getting a driver's license and having a job. But since he isn't moving in that direction, she starts worrying about what this means for his future, but also for her future, right? They seem intertangled. There are many reasons why we're seeing an increase in failure to launch scenarios in our culture. So I just thought I'd address them really quickly because the question April asks is, how do I prevent it? And here we're seeing more and more. So let's talk a little bit about what it means. Right now, in American culture, we have this, I call a supermom culture. And it's common in supermom culture to do too much for our kids. Optimizing children's opportunities and focusing on kids instead of parental happiness is actually unnatural, and it puts stress on the family. So if you look at different cultures, you look at past history, usually the focus is on the caregiver's well-being, the provider, the person who is taking care of everybody else. It's that whole, you know, scenario on the airplane where you put your oxygen mask on first. That's kind of traditionally how it's gone in every culture and every history is that we take care of the caregivers. So I'm going to call that the natural order of things. In the last two decades, I blame the Baby Einstein movement. (laughs) Certainly not 100%, but when Baby Einstein came out, suddenly it was 
this stress around like, I have to optimize my child's experiences and make them intelligent and smart. And oh my goodness, it it definitely, it, it was around that time, around the, you know, 1999, 2000, that it seemed like things were starting to shift towards this perfectionistic, all the stress and burden putting on mom to do everything right. So that's kind of where we're at. But when we use stress and fear to fuel our actions, for example, I have to optimize his experiences. We have to sign up for music lessons. We need private coaching. He needs to have tutoring or else he's going to be left behind. When it's that fear that we use to fuel our actions, then our kids don't learn to motivate themselves out of joy, passion, interest, Those things come from downtime. When there's lots of downtime and open space, that's mental space, but also physical space, like it, you know, just being outside for one, like more time spent outside, which we know kids are spending more and more time indoors. So with downtime and boredom, kids learn to listen to their inner wisdom and what interests they want to pursue for their adult life, right? They're not focused on, "I I have to do everything right. They're just learning to do something because it feels interesting and fun. And the experimentation, the play, is its own motivation. But here we are at a time in history where American kids have less downtime than ever before. When every spare minute is filled with a text, a tweet, or a video game, kids aren't able to hear what their wisdom is telling them. Our perfectionistic parenting culture puts too much emphasis on doing everything right and meeting societal expectations. It's really hard for a kid to transition into a new version of themselves when they're afraid of making mistakes or failing. Some kids think the safest way to avoid failure is not to try. This is not something that moms teach their children. (laughs) This is something that's coming from the kid themselves. Avoiding new things is a common way of coping with anxiety and fear that naturally bubble up as kids grow into the challenges of adulthood. Our culture creates the perfect recipe for failure to launch. So this is not a failure on mom's part. We are not blaming the mother, but just the culture in of itself that we cannot escape. While podcasts like this, I hope, are trying to change the perfectionistic, work hard, blame mom culture, what can this mom do to help her possibly fearful and avoidant son? And that's my hunch, is that he's scared and has learned to avoid things that make him feel nervous. Well, right now, what, what can April do? Nothing. Right now, because her emotions are rooted in fear, everything she says or does will add to his fear, increasing his tendency toward avoidance. So, right now, there's nothing that she can do because she's so rooted in this fear and kind of this panic of what might happen in the future. So, we've got to step into the life coaching world to dig a little bit deeper into mama and what's coming up for her. And I know for a lot of moms, it is so easy to look at our son's current behavior. In this example, she can look at a son's current behavior and futurize and catastrophize, imagining that he will never change. So when she does that, her brain is going into fight or flight. 
it's believing there's an emergency and it needs to be addressed right now. And this is really important. And so that energy gets like fearful and angry and, oh my gosh, you've got to get up off the couch and you've got to stop playing video games all the time. You're killing your brain cells. <laughs> you've got to get out. You've got to get your driver's license. You need to get a job. You've got to start earning some money. And it's this energy that fuels the nagging, complaining, cajoling to try to get him to do what mama wants. He picks up on the fear and it increases his desire to avoid the world because that's what he's already found is maybe a coping strategy here. It's a lot of what the scenario is with failure to launch kids as they have learned to avoid things that give them any kind of negative emotion. And so it works for them. They feel more at peace, but there is that avoidance. So before mom can take productive action, she's got to release the anger and fear. Why? Because emotions are contagious. When you feel calm and confident, others pick up on that. When mom's in fear, he's picking up on that and it increases his fear, which increases the avoidance. So if she could switch to feeling calm and confident, then maybe he can start picking up on that emotion. In order to face the many challenges that lie ahead of him, he's gonna need to have confidence in his ability to achieve and to fail. So I don't know, because he we I didn't hear from him. I don't know what's going on inside his head. He might be afraid of succeeding, or he might be afraid of failing, or he just might be afraid of feeling a negative emotion like vulnerability or embarrassment or, you know, we don't know, but there is definitely some fear that's going on, I would guess, that's leading him to avoid things like getting a job and getting a driver's license. Now, maybe not. Maybe he's just developmentally not ready, and he'll be ready six months from now or nine months from now or a year from now, whatever. But I just thought I would take that assumption position. So first, what I want mama to do is to recognize that in this moment, all is well. He is alive. He is healthy. There are no immediate threats to your safety or to his, nor to his well-being. Just breathe and notice that all the drama is happening inside your own head. In this moment, he's fine. You're using your imagination to create a dreary future scenario. You could just as easily envision 10 other futures for him instead of the one you currently are. Most moms dread this failure to launch scenario because of what they would say to themselves and to their sons if this situation came about. So it's basically, we think, if you are laid on the couch playing video games and smoking pot all day, I'm going to become a person I don't like. And we need to stop that. (laughs) We're going to prevent that. Because you might say things like, I'm a failure. I'm not a good enough mom. I totally did a bad job. Or you might say, he's a failure. What a loser he is. And you don't like either one of those doesn't feel good to you. So let's just make a commitment right here and now that no matter what, You will focus on love. I loved him with all my heart. He is still 100% lovable, no matter what. Even if he never lives up to his potential, I can still love him. My job here is not to make a perfect creature, (laughs) not to build the perfect human, but just to love 
The rest is up to him. That's my job, just to love him. And so we, if you can just focus on that, then it feels more aligned with the person that you want to be as a mom. And you detach from what he's going to do with your love, okay? And let go of that being a reflection on you and your job and your ego and, you know, what you did and what you're going to say to yourself as a mom. All right, so now that we've got your fear out of the way, you could actually say and do things that might be helpful, all right? So we got to release the fear first, and then you can encourage small steps rather than criticize. Find something to focus on that is a sign of growth or forward momentum, no matter how small. You found the DMV website today. Yay, that's wonderful. You were nervous to ask your friend about his job, but you did it anyways. That's great. Praising or rewarding him every time he faces his fear is how we undo perfectionism. Making it a very tiny little small baby step relieves the fear. Because like to just go out and get a job is such a huge monumental task to somebody who's never done that before. It feels overwhelming. But if you can just say, okay, your job isn't to that. Your job is to ask your one friend who has a job where he works or how he got hired, or does he like it? Something that's very, very small. And then the fear is minimized so much that it doesn't require avoiding. He can, as you praise him for taking these steps, he learns how to praise himself for forward momentum rather than trying to do everything perfectly. And he learns to associate the negative feeling of fear with a positive result. The other thing moms can do is to hold a vision of him being brave and bold. Hold it until he can hold it for himself. Because right now, he doesn't have that vision of himself as being confident, calm, brave. You can create that. I know it's hard when you see him laying on the couch and avoiding (laughs) when you're in fear. It's really hard to think about that. But if you can just picture him being confident taking steps, forward momentum, feeling scared, but doing it anyways, as you hold that vision for him, emotions are contagious and he will start to feel and pick up on some of your confidence about him. Oh, I know you don't feel like doing anything right now, but you will someday. Someday soon you're going to feel like getting your driver's license. No big deal that you don't want it today. I know that you'll change quickly. Like you just kind of anticipate a positive future for him. It goes so far of like, oh yeah, getting a job, that's a big deal. But I know you'll figure it out. Like trusting and having bold enthusiasm and confidence for him will make a world of difference. Moms can help prevent failure to launch. They can't prevent it completely, but they can help prevent it. By remembering that the number one way that kids learn is by imitation. Okay, so hang on with me here. (laughs) I know you're thinking, but I have jobs. I can go out and do all these things easily. I'm imitating all the time. But I want to tell you a story. I was introducing a group of Girl Scouts to jumping rope. You know, when two people hold one rope and you run in and then start jumping with the rhythm. Okay, so that's a skill. (laughs) It takes some time to figure out. You're going to run in and then start jumping into a moving rope. 
So I've got this Girl Scout troop there, and one at a time, each girl positions themselves to run in. They're studying the rhythm of the rope, trying to decide the optimal time to go for it. Their facial expressions showed fear, determination, interest, hesitation, courage, so many emotions going on, trying to master this new skill that they've never done before. So I'm watching one girl. She's stood at the ready. She's nervous, but she's determined. You can see the determination on her face, but you can also see the fear. She's kind of like waiting for courage to kick in, right? Her mom sees her daughter and she, her mom feels uncomfortable watching her daughter be so hesitant. And so she runs into the jump rope while it's moving and says, look, it's easy. Just do this. And she jumps in and does it easily. Immediately, this girl's face crumbles. She crosses her arms. She walks off. She sits against the wall, defeated, and refuses to try again. This was such a lesson for me, that sometimes our competence can actually drain the confidence right out of our kids. You know, we don't think about our kids they, looking up to us, I think, so much because some places they're teenagers, they're not all that nice. But I think sometimes they can idealize us and they're like, oh, you make it look so easy. Everything comes so easily for you. And they might do a little compare and despair with us. But if we want our kids to do new and scary things, what helps them isn't telling them about our successes, but about our failures. Instead of telling them how you worked two jobs and you got your driver's license at 16, tell them about the D you got in geometry and had to go to summer school for. Share that embarrassing story about asking that guy to prom who never actually answered you. Conjuring up your past mistakes and sharing them might be just the thing your son needs to challenge himself. Better yet, let him see you trying something new right now. Let him teach you how to use Snapchat if you don't already know how to use it. I find it very confusing. Let him laugh at your ineptitude at his favorite video game. Use this opportunity of you wanting him to do something new, scary, and different. Use it to pursue something you have dreamt of doing, but maybe you haven't had the chance. Maybe you're raising small kids and you didn't have time to do something that you've been intrigued and interested in doing. Maybe you're scared to start a side hustle. Maybe you've been wanting to cut out sugar, carbs, meat. Why not try it now? This would be the perfect time while your son's at home watching and avoiding scary things for you to imitate not avoiding scary new things. Sign up for that half marathon. Start that club that you've been wanting to start. Finally, stick to a budget. Maybe start meditating every day. Like, think of something that's personally challenging to you so he can watch you struggle and stumble. This is the best way you can help your son. It takes your attention off of him, puts it onto you, but you're modeling perseverance, failing, making mistakes, being embarrassed, like saying you're going to do something and not following up. <laughs> But it also gives you compassion to him, remembering that change isn't as easy as it seems when you're on the other side of it. So 
children learn by imitation, but make sure that you're imitating doing something challenging, not just doing everything easily and well. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is futurizing and catastrophizing. Futurizing doesn't sound like a bad idea, right? It's good to be thinking about and preparing for the future. And while, yes, our brains do like to know what to expect, many people only envision the worst case scenarios, i.e. catastrophizing. Our brains can't tell the difference between a real-life catastrophic situation and the imaginary one we create in our mind. So we react as though the terrible thing is actually going to happen. So try this. Keep the worst case in our own mind, but just for fun, try imagining the best possible scenario in the same detail as you did for your worst case. So you can do this. April can do this with her son. What's the best possible scenario that could come from her son laying on the couch and not having a job and not having a driver's license, right? Like, I I don't know what that is. Maybe it's publisher's clearinghouse comes to the house and he's home to answer the door and accept his grand prize. I don't know what it is, but think about what's the best thing that could happen. Um... I don't know, the house next door catches fire, burns down, and he runs over and saves the entire family just because he was sitting at home doing nothing. (laughs) Use your imagination to create something that's wonderful, but you can also try it with something, I, I challenge you to try it with something that's a boring scenario, that maybe he gets a job, comes home, watches TV, goes to bed, and just lives a very boring life. Maybe you can imagine the funniest case scenario. Like, what's the funniest thing that could come from this? What's the weirdest, strangest thing that could come from this scenario? So when you catch yourself in that worst case scenario, add in some other scenarios. Notice that you have control of where your imagination goes and choose to imagine the one that feels best to you. It's Now, it's easier to have a life coach help you separate your current present reality from your catastrophic future. For sure, it's hard to notice. When we're in futurizing and catastrophizing, it feels totally real, totally legit. <laughs> so that's kind of what life coach can help you do is like, wait a second here. He's 16. He's in school. He hasn't flunked out yet. Right? He's passing. He has a friend. (laughs) Like, we just kind of want to separate present reality and then separate it from your catastrophic future. But this is a great place to start. Your imagination is something you control, so why not put it to good use? Today's Supermom Power Boost is compassion. When we recognize that our frustration is really about us and our fears, We can let it go and make room for compassion. Compassion is a wonderful emotion, but we can't access it when we're trying not to feel embarrassed or think that we've failed as a mom, we feel ashamed, fear, all that stuff is going to keep us from accessing compassion. Accept that your child will never live up to his potential. Think about that for a minute. It is impossible for any of us 
to ever live up to our potential. Because potential is always in the future. And they say we use such a small percentage of our brains that just knowing that's never going to happen, that you will always probably in your mind have a higher vision for your child than they are currently living. You may always be able to look at your child's life and see ways in which they can improve, see things that they can do better. But you get to decide how you want to feel about him not living up to his potential. How do you want to feel while he's struggling, learning, growing, failing, succeeding? Love and compassion are always great options that feel good. Embarrassment and shame will not give you the results that you want. You think like, okay, I'm just going to push him into getting a job so then I can feel good. But really, you can feel good right now. Feeling good is always accessible to you. And you don't have to put your ability to feel like a good mom in the hands of your lazy teenager (laughs) or your avoidant teenager or your fearful teenager. So recognize that you get to feel like a good mom no matter what he does. That is always available and love and compassion are a great stepping stone to that. I have two quotes of the day today because I want to do, do one for teenagers and one for mamas. So the first quote is by an unknown author. If anybody knows the author, feel free to tell me. It says, we change, we grow, we fuck up, we love, we hurt. We're teenagers. We're still learning. I liked that one. And the second quote by Nora Ephron, when your children are teenagers, it's important to have a dog so that someone in the house is happy to see you. Thanks so much for listening. Y'all give your teenagers and your doggies hugs for me. And I will love you and leave you. Have a great day. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.